What's going on, guys? Welcome back into the It's Go Football Podcast. My name is Otis. My name is Jose, and uh, we're finally back. We had intended to do one more podcast before the holidays, but we didn't get around to it. Apologies for that, but it's a new year and a new ICF. We're going to be banging out content for uh, for the whole year, really. We're in this for a long haul now. And uh, definitely make sure to leave suggestions as far as what topics you want us to talk about on the podcast, as well as what kind of content you want to see on the channel. Of course, thank you guys so much so much for the support <laughs> you've been showing us on our other videos. Uh, we definitely intend to keep that coming. So with all that said, do you have anything to say before we get started? No, let's, let's just jump right into it. Cool. So there's a lot to catch up on uh, in the time that we were gone. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's just start with, with the biggest story coming out of Italy, Zlatan to AC Milan. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a place where he was at at the end of last decade. Yeah. Or two decades ago, really, if you think about it. 2009. He's had a long career, yeah. Yeah. Um, he considers AC Milan his home, is what he said. It was where he was the most successful in his youth, I would say. Obviously, I think his time as P- at PSG was incredible. But uh, this is a return to home for him and hopefully a return to form. He's been great at Galaxy, but we know that AC Milan is a level up in the expectations that those fans have with all the issues going on behind the scenes. Uh, now there's a lot of times back. Hopefully they're going to have some hope too. I, I doubt. I don't know if they're going to have much hope. I think they'll be excited. But I mean, also, don't forget, this is an old Zlatan. This isn't what Zlatan used to be. This is a... I'm going to shoot for it. I mean, he even said it himself. He came out and said that, you know, he can't play like he used to. So instead of running, he's just going to shoot from 40 yards out. I mean, that's what he With said. With on that might work. <laughs> and honestly, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, you know, AC Milan have had their issues uh, over the past few years. Uh, I mean, they're currently sitting in the bottom half of the table in Serie yeah. I mean, they just lost to Atalanta 5-0. And that's where I think Zlatan is going to be useful for the side. Everybody's going to respect him. You yeah. know, it's one thing what we see as fans, but what players who play with him day in, day out see is completely different. And he's got a great track record with his former teammates. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be that leader that that squad really needs. Definitely. I think that's what they're missing is is a, a strong leader in the dressing room. Someone who's going to smack them around when they're not uh, performing how they should. Uh, yeah. and, and at with the club like AC Milan with its history, I mean, they've won, you know, seven Champions Leagues. It, that is a massive club, and it's a massive fall from grace, and I hope this is the start of them rebuilding. It could be. And, you know, something a lot of people get wrong is a rebuild does not necessarily mean young players. It means fresh faces. It means leadership to transition you over to mm-hmm. those greener pastures. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, next up, Real Madrid have made contact with Sadio Mane. And I'm not surprised at all. Honestly, Mane's been... Incredible, I think, and a lot of people think now, to be fair, uh, he's been the best player in Liverpool's front three. Oh, mo- most consistent. For sure. Most consistent, For sure. yeah. And it's, Liverpool are obviously a big enough club to keep their core players in, but when someone like Real Madrid comes knocking, and Sadio Mane is approaching his prime, he's still younger than a lot of people yeah. think. He's been at, at, at Liverpool for a while. He's been in the Premier League for a while. Yeah. You know, he may want to move to a sunnier a new challenge. Yeah. And Real Madrid themselves are going through a rebuild. Obviously, since losing Ronaldo, they had a bad year last year. But with Zidane back, as long as he stays, it's smooth sailing, honestly. Yeah. And I think uh, this will be good because I know that they're looking to move out. Uh, guys like Brahim Diaz, I know they're looking to move on Bale. 
Uh, I think Luka Jovic is actually on the chopping block as well, even yep. though he just moved to Real Madrid. He was a transfer for the old manager. Yeah, so I think um, I think Sadio Mane would be a good fit. I'd love to see him in the Real Madrid outfit. I mean, you pair him with Hazard, and then if they do end up getting Mbappe, but even not, even if they have Benzema, I think... Well, I mean, Benzema's been Mr. Consistency for Real Madrid, and one of the most underrated players of the past decade. For, yeah, I was going to say for over a decade now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do want to say, what does that mean for Eden Hazard? Because Mane does play primarily on the left. And does I, Hazard stay on the left and Mane move to more of a striker role? Because no, they're both capable of playing either true, role. True. I, I, think, I think what you'll see is one of them actually move to the right. I don't think Benzema is worth dropping, but I do think both Hazard and Mane have the quality to not necessarily be on their preferred side and still showcase okay. their talents. Yeah. So I think you could definitely see Hazard move to the right, Mane on the left, Benzema you know, central, and that, that's a scary attack right there. Oh, definitely. Definitely. No doubt about it. Add Mbappe to it, and <laughs> I, want nothing, out of I it. want nothing to do with it, yeah. <laughs> Now, next up, uh, we've got some news from Germany, right? Yeah, so uh, RB Leipzig uh, have agreed personal terms. This is, again, reports. This hasn't been officially confirmed. But RB Leipzig have agreed personal terms with Benjamin Henricks. He's a defender from Monaco. German. Uh, German defender. And, a, and he's turned down Bayern to say yes to RB Leipzig. So that shows the power that RB Leipzig now hold in the Bundesliga. I mean, and that's not to say that you know Leipzig are a bigger team or anything, but there is a project there. And it's convincing yeah. for a lot of and, these players. And, and a lot of people, uh, especially German fans, will will go up in arms about Leipzig, about Wolfsburg, because these are the teams that are skirting around the 50 plus one rule. They are the teams that are kind of like how, you know, City and Chelsea are buying their way to success. For those who don't know, tell us what the 50 plus one rule is. So basically the 50 plus one rule is that uh, for each club, uh, 50% plus one. So basically 51% has to be owned by the fans. And then the rest can be owned by court. Basically, it's how they keep it from getting how the Premier League is. Yeah. Where you have oligarchs uh, exactly basically dominating the billionaires league. coming yeah. in and buying up clubs as their pet projects. And mind you, that is German German exclusive. That's yeah. a rule in Germany alone. Yeah. Now they're talking about getting rid of it because of how uh, successful Bayern have been. Because they Bayern are able to. Uh, their, the financial might uh, that Bayern have is... It's up there with Barca, Barcelona and Real Madrid. It's else, insane. Nobody else in the league has that. Yeah. So they're talking about getting rid of it. I hope they don't. But we'll see what happens. Um. So yeah. So Sticking in Germany. Because of this, what does this mean for Upamakano? Because I know he's been oh, linked that's true. to a couple of... And, you know, RB Leipzig buying a defender, Upamakano being linked. I mean, Henriks is more of a fullback than a traditional center back. He can play both roles. But he does primarily play on the right. As far as what that means for Upamecano, um, I don't think that necessarily means he's on the move. But we all know he's been linked with Arsenal for over a year now. Yeah. And more recently, Chelsea and Manchester United. Yeah. So uh, he's one that's definitely on the move. Question is where? Uh, in the summer, his release clause drops to 50 million euros. And uh, they're said to be sniffing at offers around the $45 million mark because... Um, once that release clause drops, it's uh, gone for the final six months of his contract. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a lot. It's it's a really interesting contract yeah. to begin with, but there's a lot of instability there, and I think more players, more teams, I'm sorry, I can't talk today. More teams should be looking at Konate, his partner. 
who's also a young French center back. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say less injury prone, even though he's had his own injury issues, but uh, also an insane player. Leipzig just have an insane center. Leipzig have an insane team in general. I mean, uh, Werner, although they're going to lose a big Yeah, I mean, core, Werner, Werner has also been linked to a move to the Premier League through Chelsea this winter. So, um, so we'll see. But like you said, sticking in Germany, moving on to Dortmund. They've uh, agreed a move for Julian Weigel to go to Benfica. Out of nowhere. For 20, nowhere, I, th yeah. I heard the figure was 20 million. Yep. Uh, Good move for Benfica. So my thing is like, okay, so the 20 million uh, is what they got from Benfica. And 20 million is also what they paid to get Holland. So is this just... Is they this took out a squad player who fell out with the new manager for but Benfica, like Vigo, I feel like he could, Weigel could go just about anywhere. He could about two years ago. Now he's kind of stagnated a little bit. I think a move like Benfica would be good because this is a team that still challenges for titles domestically and still challenges for the Europa League. Uh, and it could let him see a return to form before a move to a bigger club. You see it with Holland. You know, a lot of smart players will make that intermediary step before going to a Manchester United, uh, Liverpool, Barcelona, whatever. Yeah. You know, um, and it's a smart move because <laughs> we've seen so many players in the past burn out and crash from a top team and stay in, in mediocrity for the rest of their careers. Well, hopefully he can revive his at Benfica. Um, next up, uh, Tin Hogg. To stay at Ajax. I know there was a lot of rumors linking him to the Bayern job, but Mark, Mark wow, forgive me <laughs> for having my sound on my computer. Um, Mark Overmars has actually come out and said that Ten Hag will not leave at the end of the season, that he will do another season. Now, this could just be him trying to get the best price. Definitely, definitely. I, um, I can see it going either way, honestly. Uh, Ten Hag's got a good thing going at Ajax and I don't see the rush to leave considering they continue to recruit effectively uh, obviously Quincy Promes is lighting it up and right. he recently made a move you know uh, they're recruiting effectively they're, they were just voted the best youth academy so the, the products that they're bringing through the youth academy are, are fantastic and, and when you have the CEO you know Vandersar coming out and his end of year like video for, the, uh, for Ajax basically saying we want to be a mainstay on the European level I mean that yeah. that's a project that I, that you can get behind as a, as a coach. One hundred percent. And uh, if he does move, Ajax are going to be getting a pretty penny, and they've done well enough to build a structure in that club that I don't worry about who their next manager would be. You know, um, needless to mention, Ten Hag does have a good pedigree before him working under Pep, etc. But uh, he's he's one of the top coaches in Europe now. I yeah. think it's time to say it. Yeah, I hope he stays at Ajax, personally, for my own selfish reasons. Um, now, Time for a BS rumor. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, your club, Arsenal, are linked to Thomas Lamar. It's not going to happen. Um, he's been linked ever since that failed bid a few summers ago. But uh, he's the type of player that made a big move and has struggled to find any consistency. Um, he does play at Atletico Madrid. However, he's not the productive and prolific Winger that people thought he would be. No, I, I, I don't think. Uh, personally, I think if you look at how he was at Monaco, prolific. If you look, but then he moved to a, def a defensive Simeone side, 
Yeah. That was his mistake. If he moved to a side that played attacking football, I don't think he'd be struggling how he is now. I think his mistake was moving to Atletico Madrid. Regardless, and I see what you're saying there. Um, however, you have seen wingers also do well under Simeone. I don't think that's the only reason for it. But I don't think that's what Arsenal needs to address, obviously. Um, Arteta's made it very clear he's looking for a midfielder, um, a la Adrian Rabiot. And a few other players there have been linked. Um, and obviously a central defender. Calum Chambers just tore his ACL and he's done for the for the next year. So <laughs> we don't need a left winger right now as badly as we need those other positions. I don't think Lamar goes anywhere. Do you think that... Oh, I mean, I guess you've got Aubameyang and Saka who can play out there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Especially as Karen Tierney comes back in March and Kalasnak is still semi-healthy. If Kalasnak doesn't move to Napoli himself, he's been linked with a move to Napoli this oh, winter. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, do you think that one will go through? As stupid as Arsenal can be? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so sticking in Spain, uh, Arturo Vidal is suing Barcelona over $2.4 million in unpaid bonuses. Now, he went to, oh, man, I forget the name. I can't pronounce it in any way, but I forget the name of the court. It wasn't like the official court system. It was like in the sports. Um, I, I can't remember that. Yeah, I'm talking with my hands. I can't remember. Um, basically, they said, no, you aren't owed $2.4 million. You misinterpreted your contract. And so he still can go and take official <laughs> legal action against Barcelona. I know he's angling for a move as well, so this would be a great way to you know, upset some people up top to get them to move him on with him being linked to uh, um, Antonio Conte's Inter who are top of the table in, in uh, Syria. Which is so nice to see, I must say. Just really cool. Um, you know, he's not the only player looking to leave Barca too. Uh, Nelson Semedo. Well, yeah. Uh, Semedo's being pushed out more than anything, but yeah. Which I don't understand. Uh, I get, well, because they've got that, uh, now they've got that young Academy product from La Masia coming through. Uh, Wagi, Wa- I can't pronounce it. W a g u e. Yeah. Wagui. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, apparently, don't know. he is going to be like the next big thing, and then they also have got Sergio Roberto, who can do a job at right back. So he's being pushed out more than anything. You know, he was deemed among the list of non-essential players that they could sell. And it's so like that guy, that kid must be amazing, because Semedo has been a beast. Yeah. Where do you think he would go? Because he, he is a top right back, in my opinion. Who needs a right back right now? Arsenal. I guess. United? Yeah. But are Arsenal... I mean, they're looking for 50... Barca are looking for 50 million. United have Juan Basaka. <laughs> I mean, I guess... Oh, they, you're right. I, I always... This is the second time on the podcast I've forgotten about Juan Basaka. <laughs> I, I don't know where he would go, you know? I don't know. Maybe... I, I mean, know. I know that Barca were also linked to, uh, to Ricardo Pereira from Leicester. Maybe it'll be some type of swap. Semedo goes to Leicester. That'd be that would be insane. Wild. <laughs> that yeah. would be insane. Um, but they, Leicester would be losing a fantastic right back in Ricardo Pereira. Um, sweet. So now we're gonna move on to some hot topics, if you will. Let's talk about um, Arteta's Arsenal, and I'll, I'll give you some time to speak on that since you're the Arsenal fan. Yeah. So um, obviously, in the last podcast, we were talking about Unai Emery finally being sacked. And then, after about two or three weeks of Freddie Umberg taking over, uh, Mikel Arteta's the guy. He was put on as the uh, full-time head coach, and he's really turned things around. 
like to a major degree uh, within two weeks. It's actually insane. Uh, the first match against Bournemouth, we drew 1-1, but you could see things were different. You know, immediately Arteta came in and said, you know, effort is non-negotiable. Like, you're going to be sprinting non-stop. And it's interesting because he came in during the festive period with three games in two weeks. Or a week and a half, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, all Premier League games, two against top six opponents. And, you know, we drew against Bournemouth... Um, but you could see the intent was different. And then uh, we played Chelsea. Unfortunately, we lost Callum Chambers for the year. He tore his ACL in the first half. But again, they were pressing the entire first half and played Chelsea out of the park. That that Chelsea game is... is uh, first of all, Arsenal should have won that game. I'm just going to interject for two seconds and then you can... No, you're Arsenal fine, should have won that game. Jorginho should not have been on the field to score the equalizer. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. It's really frustrating. Um, Jorginho should have picked up a second yellow for the same foul that Lucas Ferreira got a foul and a yellow card on a few minutes prior. Yeah. But um, to play devil's advocate, Gunduzi could have had a dangerous challenge that could have been deemed a yellow card. However, Vieira looked at it and said no. So the people arguing that side, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but... They got tired in the second half. You could see it. They started playing back, and eventually Chelsea nicked the win, 2-1. But at the end of the match, everybody gave the team a round of applause. You know, As a fan, what you want to see is effort. You want to see your team try yeah. and improve and yeah. work hard. And right now, Arsenal is ticking all those boxes. You know, What does it mean for the rest of the season as far as results? God knows. We played Leeds on Monday in the FA Cup. Who knows if we'll win that game? Because Leeds is a great side. Are Great they time. top of the table? Top right of the now? table yeah. in championship. Who knows? That's a toss-up. Exactly. Well, okay. Okay. We're still favorites. <laughs> ah, okay. But, you know, you've got tough fixtures coming up. The Europa League is coming back. It's going to be tough. However, it looks like Arteta is up for it. And uh, you can attribute that to his time with Wenger, his time with Pep, the natural tenacity that everybody says he has. But... Uh, Arsenal seem to be turning it around. If if the board can back him in January to at least get the cover that he needs for defenders and midfield, who knows? So I was yeah I was going to ask you about that about January because there were a lot of rumors swirling around. Um, as you just said, um, Napoli is linked with Klasnik, but Hertha Berlin were linked with Shaka. I know Aubameyang yeah. was, was angling for a move out at one point. So what what's happening in terms of? of outgoings and, and who is actually strongly linked other than Upper Makano because I haven't, I haven't seen anybody. So one big thing to know is English press talk shit all the time and they make up lies just to uh, rile up the Arsenal fan base. One, because overall we're gullible, but two, Arsenal's a big club that's uh, got a history of hate within the media. So as far as Aubameyang angling a move out, he's come out and said he's 100% committed to Arsenal, not even considering a move. Um... I think he'll leave in the summer simply because if he doesn't sign a contract extension, Arsenal will want to get some money for him, um, hopefully make the money back that they spent. But as far as who's linked with a move out besides him, Granit Xhaka, like you said, was linked to Hertha Berlin. And uh, Berlin have just signed a really highly rated uh, young Argentinian guy, midfielder as well, from Stuttgart. So um, looks like Arsenal said no. Peppa can... Peppa. Arteta. <laughs> Arteta convinced uh, Xhaka to stay in the board to keep him. And the way he's playing, I don't blame him. He's had four great games in a row since he came back uh, from 
that whole mess. And a mess it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a mess it was. Shout out Emery. Uh, as far as who's linked with the move in, Upamakano is the number one guy. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Arsenal have that much money to spend. There's talk of Adrian Rabiot on loan um, from Juventus. There's talk of Emery Chan, even though he's likely going to Dortmund now. Um, and that's really it. Like I guess with Vigo leaving, yeah. Yeah. It makes, it makes sense. And yeah. it would most likely be very cheap. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, cheap for... I mean, let's not forget that Juve got both of those guys for free. Yeah, there you <laughs> so go. They're making a profit on on anything. So now, BS rumor. Supposedly Giroud is open to coming back. That's not happening. Don't don't even consider it. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, uh, you know, Arteta has definitely seemed to uh, he have he's brought back the feel good factor. For now, <laughs> we'll see how. For now, for, we'll see how things pan out through the rest of the season. But like the good thing is we've already lost under Arteta. Against Chelsea, it's not going to be that expectation like Ali Gunnar Solskjaer had. Of oh my God, Ali's at the wheel. We're winning every game. Champions yeah. League is incoming. You don't need that pressure on you. No, um, and and also I thought the way you guys played against Man United and Man United were horrid, horrible, absolutely horrible. But Arsenal was a, was you could see the improvements. The way they were passing the balls, the intricate movements, uh, the forward play. You could see what he brought in. Um, and I know there's been a lot of talk about how Arteta has basically copied Pep's playbook and all this stuff. But, but he hasn't. He hasn't. He not hasn't. necessarily. Not to a T. There's, there's some overlaps. Of course. Of but course. I think if you look at specifically the fullback area, he likes to keep his fullbacks wide. But mm-hmm. Pep likes to bring at least one fullback in the midfield yeah. to, to, to dominate the possession. Uh, so I, I think there are small differences in the way that... Arteta sets up his side and he asks them to play. Still playing really good football. Still, I mean, hopefully they can continue winning games. How they Definitely. beat Man United. Definitely. But. And what you said is interesting because uh, the easiest way to see the differences between Pep and what Mikel Arteta is trying to do is in the fullbacks. You know, um, we put an 18-year-old recent academy graduate winger at left back. And we put a guy who's struggling for game time who doesn't know his best position at right back. Ainsley Maiden Niles and Bukayo Saka. And Saka was combining down the left nonstop. And Maitland Niles was always the outlet pass for any of the attackers, as well as tucking into the midfield where he grew up at. Uh, in our youth system, he played as a midfielder. So, yes, they know how to switch shape better than they could under Emery, the guy who was supposedly the king of pragmatism. And uh, communication is a big factor there. But also respect. Um, like you said, the feel-good factor's back. Socrates and David Luiz had an interview after the match um, against Manchester United. And Socrates came out and said the fun is back. Now, this is a dude who hasn't smiled a day in his life. And he's smiling <laughs> on camera now. Um, and if you've got that kind of belief, then yes, you're going to play better. And they're playing with confidence. They're playing with intention. Which at this point... It's, it's hard to do so when you've lost 14 out of 15 games. Yeah. You're struggling in the Europa League. You're right. out of the League Cup. What what do you lean on? you got to lean on each other. And that sort of unity is back in Arsenal. Yeah. It's, and it's also good, I want to point out, to see uh, Lucas Torreira, who is arguably, you know, top 10 defensive midfielders. Um, at, at least he was <laughs> before Emery got a hold of him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's good to see him playing, one, in his best position – as a defensive midfielder, and it's good to see him playing well. 
I mean, he's been killing it. Like, with, I would say the weakest point over the past few months has been our midfield, not even our defense. I think our midfield has been the weakest point. And the reason why the defense always got exposed is because the midfield had no discipline in it. And what you've seen now is Gunduzi being taken out of the spotlight, which for a young guy I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but you're also seeing Torreira step up and play what he's best at. You know, that sort of commandeering, Angolo Conte-esque player. Yeah. Because Torreira's got a pass in him. Yeah, I, I think... I, uh, well, I, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. He... he some of his game does resemble what N'Golo Conte does. Just take the ball and distribute it back out. But N'Golo Conte runs and runs and runs. And on that note, <laughs> so has Torreira. He's covered the most distance out of any Arsenal player this year. Oh. And, uh, Even though he's another, barely played. And another player who is also balling out is the one and only man who has outlasted Unai Emery. The uh, most controversial player... I think in Arsenal history, Mesarozo. And he has yet to, he didn't register an assist in the Manchester United game, but his presence was felt everywhere. He uh, had the most ball recoveries out of any player that game. And he just continues to play well. You know, where I think there is a similarity with Pep's tactics is the attacking side of the game. Uh, Pep and Arteta both like to attack with five up front. Um, utilizing the wing and using the creative midfielders in the uh, central areas. Yeah. And just past Lacazette, you'll always see Ozil darting down the right on any breakaway. That's that's his zone now. The same thing we've seen with David Silva and now uh, Kevin De Bruyne. You know, that right space is where Ozil operates best at. That's why you've seen him play at the wing. At Real Madrid, he was a right midfielder because... That's his best spot. He can distribute the ball anywhere on the field from that area. And Mikel Arteta played with Ozil. He knows that. He knows how to get the best out of him. Yeah. And if I, we can't sell him, we got to use him. I think that's it. Honestly. Because he's making way too much money to ride the bench. Uh, and I think that's an interesting dynamic that they played together, and now he's his coach. So yeah. I wonder I wonder how that goes. I'm sure that it's, it's all like chummy and whatnot, but I think that's an interesting dynamic that they've got there. I mean... Ozil's come out and said that his first years two or so at Arsenal were some of his happiest times as a footballer, just coming off of that uh, World Cup win, yeah. new league, new teammates, all that. He was the star of the show. And I'm sure there is a big sense of respect because when he came in, Arteta was the captain. And now Ozil knows that he's got the pieces around him. He doesn't have to rely on Danny Welbeck and Giroud <laughs> like in 2016 when we came second in the league. He's got star players all around him and it's up to him to push himself to that level to be his best and we've seen over the past three games that he's still got an in him I, I think I think to just to wrap up this section I think one Arteta's arsenal I think you could expect a few things good quadruple a, 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 okay wow <laughs> <laughs> attractive football is back yeah uh, do I think that they'll be challenging for the league anytime soon no do I think you guys can challenge for FA Cup? Yes. Um, and I think more than anything, bring back the... Like, if you guys are not winning anything, at least be fun to watch. You know, that's the biggest thing. Exactly. For the fans. You know, at exactly. least be fun to watch. And we had that under Wenger. Um, I think the big thing that everybody wants to see is effort. And that goes for any football fan. Now, 
Before we move on to our next topic, I do want to talk about another team who's showing a ton of effort. Southampton. They lost against Leicester 9-0 just a month or two ago. And since then, they've totally turned it around. Right now, they are... Jesus Christ, where are they? They're in 12th place. Yep. They were in 19th a few weeks ago. And they... Credit to them. They played amazing. They just beat Tottenham at home. They beat Chelsea away over the past three games. Uh, they've also beaten Aston Villa. And their form has just been insane. They've drawn against Arsenal. Um, just to name a few big matches there. And Ralph Hasenhodel. I, I said it in the beginning. In, from the beginning, I've said it. And I backed the guy even after that 9-0 loss. And it's on video. But he's turned that team around. They've got... They're... Playing amazing. I'll have to make sure to take those videos down. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing amazing. And yeah, yeah. it's down to him and the philosophy he brought into the team and the players. Like, you got to respect that massively. So, shout out to Southampton. Um, I'm rooting for you guys to stay up. It looks like you found your form. Speaking of staying up, relegation fight, relegation battle in the Premier League. Right now, Norwich sitting dead last. Uh, yeah. You've got Wofford not too far behind them. Bournemouth, which you hate to see. Sitting in that final uh, relegation spot. Aston Villa and West Ham not too far off. Uh, I don't think West Ham will get relegated. Especially with the way David Moyes has seemed to come in and uplift them automatically. Yeah, the new manager bounce is always yeah. important. Uh, so, let me ask you this. Just straight off the bat. Who is getting relegated? And it's still too early to say. But we're going to go ahead and try to answer this question. Who in your mind, is getting relegated. I mean, we're 21 games into the season. We're past the halfway point. We can see... I think it's still too early. I think by, by like... By March, for sure. By March, you'll but, be able to see. But I think right now, anybody can have a bounce. Anybody could shoot The thing up. is, every, every team's playing well. There's not a team that's having any calamity. Watford's turned it around under Nigel Pearson. Another team who's, you know, credit to them. They're fighting for their lives. And uh, Watford actually uh, just beat Wolves. They beat Aston Villa before that. And they drew against Sheffield and beat Manchester United. I mean, that kind of speaks for itself right there. Um, I hate to say it, but I think Norwich is going down. I agree. They've got a great team, but they're not consistent enough. That, I think their midfield lets them down. That team is going to get picked apart when they go down. I, I agree. I think Norwich Max is going to go down. Max Aarons. Talk Cantwell. Talk Cantwell. Pookie. T- Pookie deserves to be in the Premier League. All of them. All of them gone. All of them gone. Um, next, who do you have? Because I've got, I've got, I think Norwich are going to be dead last. Do you think they're going to be last? I think they're going to be dead last. They play Ooh. decent football sometimes, and that's the issue. Sometimes. You know what? I, I... They've only won three games. I agree. I agree. Norwich are going to be last. Then, this one hurts me. Bournemouth. Oh, I can't pick Bournemouth. I love them too much. Dude, I, I appreciate the heck out of Eddie Howe, but he's not getting them to fight. You know, they've got such talented players, Harry Wilson, Callum Wilson, uh, Joshua King. But but they have, they. I mean, if you look at Bournemouth, look at their injuries. That They have a vicious yeah. injury cycle going yeah. on at Bournemouth right now. They don't deserve to be in the bottom. However... No, I'm sorry. It's, they're not turning it around. I think Eddie Howe will turn it around by the end of the season. I think they will go and they will spin in the January transfer market. This is me speaking with my heart and not with my head. But I when do... they spend, they spend $20 million on Dominic Solanke. 
Yeah, that wasn't a good move. That wasn't. Come on. Yeah. I mean, you got to spend, but you got to be smart about it. Okay, but look, they could get some money from Ake, because I know a lot of teams okay. are in from him. And, and what center back's going to fill in for him? Look, bro, I'm just I'm trying to find a way to keep Bournemouth up. I I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. And I'm but looking, right now, I've got him at 19th. I, I'm sorry, I'm looking at every other team around them, and I just don't see one that's worse. Burnley. I don't think Burnley's going down. Please go down. Please. I think. <laughs> oh my god. Please go down. I think it's okay. I think it's going to be Norwich. I think it's then it's going to be Bournemouth, and then I think Wofford will eventually go down. I think Aston Villa will have just enough to keep stay up. So I do have Burnley in 18th place. I think they are going to go down. Uh, I don't see the goals coming from Ashley Burns and Chris Wood anymore. They've got talented young players, but it's not happening for them. They've also got the oldest squad. In the league, average age of around 29. So, um, I just don't know if they're going to have the legs for it in the long run. I have Aston Villa right above the drop. I think they are going to survive. I think Jack Grealish is literally carrying that team right now. And he's doing enough. Uh, but they did just lose Wesley. And so, they're talking about getting Giroud on loan or Bashuai. Yeah, so the Bashuai rumors. Yeah, and so either of those, I think, would be enough to get in there. And just barely keep them above. But I see the likes of West Ham... Also, barely getting out. They've, they've got too much on the line. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. No. And teams like Brighton and uh, Southampton on form. Newcastle is another one that could, could easily go down. But they just get the results at the right time. Literally, literally the points that separate 10 and, and uh, 17, six points. Yeah. That's two games. Yep. Two games. That's it. Two games and you're in the relegation fight. It's, and I'm glad you brought up the points because I think we may see a team get 40 points and be relegated. That's insane. But you know, we saw we saw a team get 98 points and not win the league. Exactly. The the standard the thing of the is, Premier League has just it's through the roof right now. In years past, 40 points was the goal for all the mid table teams and all the lower teams. 40 points was the goal where you knew you were going to be safe. 40 points used to get you 12th place. Now it might get you relegated. That's insane. That speaks to the quality of the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, it's it's actually insane. It's hard to really understand. But then you see teams like Leeds, teams like West Brom in the championship. And you say, you know, if they went up against a Watford and Norwich, they could put up a fight. 100%. And I would even pick Leeds to win. And then... You give them Premier League revenue and give them that kind of money. If they invest right, who knows? It's oh, a, man. I'd love to it's see. It's actually mad. I'd love to see Leeds come back and be a mainstay in the Prem. It'd be I, it'd be that. awesome to see. Yep. So with all that said, talking about all the ri- yeah, talking about all the no, you can start. You can start. Okay. It's okay. Weekend predictions. Weekend predictions, guys. Uh, we've got some decent games coming up this weekend, actually. Uh, first up, we're going to start in Spain. Let's talk about the Catalan Derby. We've got uh, Espanyol versus Barcelona. Barcelona. So, uh, yeah, I did it, and I'm and I'm not going to take it back. Barcelona. Uh, who do you have winning this one? Uh, remember, it's at Espanyol. Barcelona, 3-1. 3-1? You wrote yeah. down 2-1, so I'm going to change that. 2-1. Uh, Leave oh, it 2-1. Okay. I'm, I'm just... 
let's let's move on from that one. Well, can I say my uh, my score? <laughs> as long as you don't say what you said earlier. <laughs> I think Barcelona are going to win three uh, nil against Espanyol. Uh, moving to England, FA Cup, uh, Wolves versus Man United. Decent game, even if they're going to play their youngsters. The thing is, I don't think they are. United needs wins. Wolves want to keep the momentum going. And Wolves youngsters, like Neto, the Portuguese lad, he scored a goal against City. That got disallowed. But was no, it against That was Liverpool. Against Liverpool. You're yeah. right. You're right. Um, I was going to say the only Wolves player to score against us is Traore. Yeah, you remember <laughs> that one. <laughs> I remember all of them. <laughs> but yeah, I think Man United are going to win this one 3-1, but I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Absolutely not. I think Wolves got this one. I'm going to know. Fingers crossed, you're right. <laughs> um, I guess we're jumping. Actually, let's stay in England. Okay. And let's talk about the Merseyside Derby in the FA Cup. It's going to be good. Liverpool, Everton. And tell you what, Everton's playing out of their minds with Ancelotti now. They kept they kept the pace with City for like 70 minutes. Yeah, okay. I mean, City's... I mean, I think it's fair to say. I, I don't know if I would say... I mean, sure. I'm did, saying kept did, the did, pace. I'm not did, saying they were balling out. Did, did did they do better than they had before? Yeah. If they were still under... Who did they have before? Marco Silva. Marco Silva. You really think it would have been a 2-1 if Marco Silva was in Absolutely there? not. It would be 4 no, It would have. Yeah, least. it would have been 4 or 5 no. yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, oh, fine. You can say they kept the pace, yeah. Thank you. Um, but... Uh, let's talk about keeping pace. Liverpool. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be enough. You can't nobody catch Liverpool. Yeah. I think uh, they're on track to win quite a few things. I'm I'm personally going for a uh, a three nil to Liverpool. I'm going for a one one. Is there um, replays in this round? I think there's a replay in this round. Actually, no. I think they go straight to pens. Yeah. Okay. So now you got to make a decision. No fence Everton. sitting. Wow. Yeah. Everton. Everton okay. Pens. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go back to Spain. Getafe versus Real Madrid. Real Madrid's got this. I wrote 2-0 to Getafe. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, I saw I looked at you. I was like, I can't wait for him to explain no, this one. No, no, no. I was like, no, I, no, I really no. want to hear his explanation behind this. I need to change that one. Uh, okay. 2-0 to Real Madrid. All right. I'm going to go for 3-1 All right, Real Madrid. Perfect. And uh, that's going to do it for our predictions, right? No. Uh, Portugal. Sporting versus Porto. That's a that's a oh yeah big yeah yeah. <laughs> My bad. My bad. It's, no, that it's, is a big it's game. It's not one of the top five leagues, but that's a big game. Both of these teams are actually playing great right now. Yeah. Um, it's gonna have big implications for the title race and and Champions League spots. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's why I'm going for a two-two. I think there's gonna be red cards, yellow cards galore. More fence sitting. I'm going for fence sitting. I, a draw is a result. In a match, right? Yeah. I, you're if I'm trying to predict nah, correctly, nah. don't you think it might be smart to consider a draw? You're being a little bitch. Uh, I'm going for uh, Porto to win 2-1. All right. Yeah, I think that's that. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So thank you guys so much for watching, uh, listening as well. Uh, please make sure to check out our Fantasy League. The winner at the end of the season gets a $50 gift card. The link and the code will be in the description down below. Make sure to check out our Instagram at It's Called Football USA. Our Twitter at Called Football. We're now on Facebook. Find us at It's Called Football. And of course, find us on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Leave us comments down below letting us know what you guys want to hear next. Uh, my name's Otis. My name's Jose. And if you want to uh, join the Fantasy League, just make sure uh, to know you're not going to be last because this guy is stinking it up. So I'm ahead of you. There's more. In I'm in second.
No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, Check you're not. the lead. No, you're Check not. It. I'm in second. You are not. I'm in, in second. second. Check it. Watch. He's gonna pull it up. Check it, and then send me a screenshot, and I'm gonna put it on the screen hey. so you guys can see. Hey, we can cut. We can cut. No, this, no, right? no, I got it. No, no, we, no, no, no. We can I cut this, it. right? Right now, there's gonna be somewhere on the screen. We can. No, no. Me in second place. You guys are gonna no, see that. Right. No, we're cutting this. Again, we're cutting thank this. you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.